Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? I'm back. It's me and your ear holes. I had a week off, left the boys in charge. They held the fort admirably. But hey, it wouldn't be championship week without me and Murphy in your ear holes. Uh, talking of the big man, here he is. It's just me and you. It's not even live streaming today. We don't have the Lee behind the glass. I'm somehow pedaling this bike and it's still going forward. Big man, championship week, Christmas week, just around the corner. How are you doing? Exhausted, but yeah, it's good. As I said on the um, the waiver pod, it's a reason to be optimistic with Christmas and with championship week and the NFL playoffs around the corner and, and, and everything else going on, so... Um, obviously, a lot of the country suffered some massive disappointment. I don't know how that, I mean, I know how it affected you, mate, but I guess it's shocking to have heard what, what the state of play was on, on Sunday or Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the worst thing, you know, it, for me, we don't want to, we're not a pod, uh, political yeah. podcast, and we're not going to dive into it too much, but, you know, there's, there's always somebody who's going to have it worse. And I think if everybody has that mentality and can see some sort of positivity from it, then I think we'll all have a, a, a much more enjoyable time rather than thinking about the negatives of it and stuff. Just try and actually enjoy your time and your day. And, and hey, look, I met a customer today and went and quoted a job up and I was saying to her, actually, it might be one of the better Christmases because you can all just chill and you haven't got to worry about dragging yourself to granny's or taking the kids away from the presents or 
you know, one of you can't drink maybe if you go to a party and one of you's got to drive because it's too far and there's no public transport. Whereas now you can just kick back, slippers on, bit of mulled wine, couple of mince pies once the kids are down and, and just chill for the day. And I'm lucky enough that my mum, because my mum lives on her own, she's part of my support bubble and she's also my childcare bubble. So we're lucky in the fact that we can go there and see her on Christmas Day and we're going to have dinner with her and stuff so she isn't alone, which is nice. But then you've got other people like my next door neighbours and good friends. They're from up north and he, Matt, hasn't seen anybody from friends or family up north since just before lockdown number one. So we're talking about February and they were both stoked to go up north and then they can't. Um, but they put the silver lining on saying, well, actually, this will be our first Christmas together. So it, it swings and roundabouts. And whichever way you try and look at it, I like to think that there's a positive to come from all of this. And of course, there will be people in situations where it's it's not as rosy as me. And I appreciate that as well. I'm just for me and my family, I'm trying to look at it with a bit of a smile as opposed to Boris's ruined Christmas, because whether it was Boris, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Hugh, me, Murph, nobody's going to be happy. And there will always be somebody unhappy. And it's sad and if this new strain hadn't turned up and 70 percent more catchable we would have muddled through and got past christmas and i think that's the numbers they came up with but this new gun, the virus turned up and has caused a bit of panic so you, you run with the ball and you can only play what's in front of you we're not a political podcast so i'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna respond to to that um what i will say is this is that i just think i think a lot of what you say is true and i think you have to be responsible for your own your own destiny and your own happiness. And at the end of the day, I have a very pragmatic view of the world. And some people think I'm overly cynical or overly less optimistic than others about certain things. And I think at the end of the day, it, you have to, you have to think about the short term versus the long term, and more importantly, what the long term means. And I think at the end of the day, everybody would sacrifice one Christmas for 10, 20, 30 more for their loved ones. And that's that's how you got to think. That's how I thought since day one. Um, I'm one of the few that didn't have any travel disruptions because I didn't make travel plans because I'm naturally that pragmatic. I always believed this was going to happen. And that might be seen, deemed overly pessimistic and people might come at me and feel free to. But we are dealing with an unprecedented situation where we don't know what's going to happen day after day. And we are seeing that continually. So you have to set your expectation levels a lot lower than what other people are setting their expectation levels at. So if people are saying, Oh, you can do this in three months time. Just don't bank on it. Like literally <laughs> do not bank on things that cannot be promised. That's literally my only message on this thing. It, it is it's sad. And it's a horrible piece of advice to give out on a podcast. that's supposed to be cheery. And we, we will move away from this, but you know, a lot of people questioned why I didn't make plans and like, oh, well, you can go and see so-and-so and you can go and see so-and-so. It, it just didn't make sense because I just always believed this was going to be the outcome. I, I, and I think, you know, I'm prepared to sacrifice this period of time for many, many more years. It is what it is. I mean, to be honest, you've described my dream scenario, kicking back at home, not having to rush around and see people. This is certainly not the circumstances in which I wish I'd got my dream Christmas, but I plan to make it a great christmas with my family and with zoom videos and yeah and that's and that's the thing and that that comes back to making it a great christmas doing what you can with what you've got I, you know you you can sit and stew or you can you can try and you know pitsy one of our boys past action friday chap he he went out on the, his village and put 200 houses and put lights up for people to walk around and see and that that's getting into the christmas spirit that way so 
you, you don't have to go out on that walk, but Pitsy sent some pictures and it looked like he had a good time strolling around the village. So it's just one of the ways you can, you know, there's, there's loads of stuff you can do. And, and we're all about the positivity here. So my last, my last piece of advice on this, and again, I, I don't want to be a political podcast and I don't want to be an expert on this. I just hope people understand the situation that we're in. And there's a lot of scaremongering. There's a lot of infactual information floating around from a lot of different sources. The things you've got to understand of this is very, very clear. This isn't a new strain. It's the same virus that just takes slightly differently. Mm-hmm. So it means the vaccines are going to work. It, all, everything, you know, you don't need to be overly concerned and worried about the vaccine. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. All of that is in place. Half a million people have been vaccinated since you know, the last three weeks, you think about that number, you radically scale that up, you know, we're going to get a vaccination number that is going to cover the majority of the population as long as they take it within the next three to six months. So have that at the back of your mind and have that in your heart that there is an end game. There is an end to this. It's not that far away, but just read the information. Don't just hear the headlines and assume read the information and just treat it now as, just be sensible. Just be very sensible. If you got a little bit, I don't want to say carried away. I don't want to tell people how to live their lives, but just, just, you know, we're nearly there. Let's just, let's just all muddle in, do what we have to do over the next six months. And in the meantime, we're going to have a lot of great content. We're going to have a lot of great shows. This is almost effectively the end of our scheduled programming for the year. <laughs> we're just expecting the little girl with a clown to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the test card that um, is a massively missed gaff if you are under 30, 30. yeah i think 30 is probably it <laughs> yeah. and, and i think yeah and and listen it's it's a lot of positives to come round. um it's even more positive for me the bucks are going to be in the playoffs it looks like for the first time in in 12 years which is which is a great thing um for me for the nfl the patriots aren't going to be in the playoffs for the first time in in 12 years um the Question. dolphins yeah do you think that's a good or a bad thing that the patriots aren't in the playoff pragmatically looking at it from a football well so so i funny enough right i was looking at the teams who last entered when their sort of their playoff uh droughts are like their active droughts for when they were last in the playoffs okay only three teams have a drought of more than five years so that means 29 of the 32 teams have got in in the last five years. There's only three teams that haven't. They are the Cleveland Browns, who look absolutely nailed on to get in. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who look absolutely nailed on to get in. And the New York Jets, who aren't. And their drought is 10 years. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. So if it effectively means that the Patriots are out, and this is how I'm choosing to, to look at it, not i'm not a patriots hater i never have been i've always admired and appreciated the way that they do things and people will throw the cheats and all that look listen every franchise has cheated and if you don't believe me at me and i'll share with you how your team has cheated because every team has cheated in the history of the nfl and i'm not saying that's right i'm not saying it's okay i'm just saying that people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones my point on the Patriots is, is that if they are not in the playoffs and the Browns are to have ended a streak that's 18 years, I think that's only good for the sport. It continues to show why the NFL is an inherently different sport to anything we have here in the United Kingdom. Because you look at the Premier League, uh, you know, you have the same teams in the top four. Okay, maybe the last 
12 months has been a bit different but really realistically historically over the last 20 30 years the same teams have been up there winning it mm-hmm. you know um the <laughs> And that's fine if you're one of those six teams, but for everybody else, it's quite irritating that you have this glass ceiling where you have teams like Burnley. You'll never expect to see Burnley in the top four. They might do it one day, but there's a, there's a ceiling that's going to be very difficult for them to get into the top four. We see it in rugby, you know, Saracens, uh, Leicester, you know, all those teams have been up there for for a lot of years. Okay, I know Saracen's got a salary cap thing and they've been relegated, which is rightfully so, <laughs> because they cheated like heck and got away with it for years. But ultimately, same teams at the top. Cricket, there's always some rotation. Cricket's quite interesting. Um, but a lot of that plays with actually the best teams don't play in domestic cricket because they're always out on international. So you don't see the best players. No. It's kind of a developmental league almost. Uh, and people probably what, listening to this who watch cricket affidly, I don't mean that in any disrespect. I just mean that I, I love county cricket. But the best players don't always play. And, and do you think there's... that is because the peak of cricket is the international stage as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, absolutely. Um, you couldn't... You, you'll find fans who really enjoy cricket who couldn't name you the teams that are in county cricket. Um, that's just the way it is. And so the NFL is always inventing itself. Like I said, every 29... So as of next season, provided that the Browns and the Buccaneers get in, that would have been 31 of the 32 franchises would have been in the playoffs in the last six years. That's quite an amazing achievement. And that's why it's not bad for the Patriots to miss a year. It's not bad for teams to, to miss occasionally. I, I mean, obviously if you support that team, that's a bad, bad feeling, but you've had it good for so long and in a sport that's designed to always give the advantage to the team that finishes last it's that's why it's so exciting that is why it's so great because it's not dominated by anything other than the talent it's the talent that makes the game it's not owners and financial doping and all these sort of other things that can be used to skew the game and that's why fans in the uk in particular take to it because every sport they know there's an advantage that can be gleaned through ownership money access um location where teams play is highly important Mm -hmm. so it's great to see the patriots not in it and to see the browns in it and to to end and obviously i'm caveating with they do what they have to do to get in but i just think that would be it would be brilliant it freshens it up you and i love dynasties i do love dynasties and i think a dynasty is a great thing in american sports and the Patriots one is is probably ended, and that's that's no bad thing for the sport that we could have a new dynasty in the Chiefs, or we can have all these exciting teams. I mean, I I think that the league now, with the teams and the level of play there is, is probably as exciting as it's as it's been in years. Yep. And I'm not just saying that as an optimistic fan whose team has won nine games. I just think the level of play on Sundays is just a different level to where it was 10 years ago. Even this season with COVID and all the injuries and all the COVID, some of the play this year has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, I've seen plays that literally I have to pause and rewind and pause and rewind because it's just completely captivating. And it's not the one-handed grabs and the spectaculars. It's defensive plays, the tackles, the, the schemes, the, the ingenuity of coaching 
just see these most amazing plays be scripted and designed to have people like Kylo and, and Lamar Jackson just be able to take a designed play and just flip it on its head and do something so incredible. Mahomes in that category. I think we we are as fans of the NFL in a very spoiled situation that we are seeing a very incredible high standard of play from at least 28 of the 32 teams. I don't I don't think there are that many bad teams. I mean you look at the teams down down the bottom the, the Eagles who have been bad for weeks they bring in Jalen Hurts. They're exciting to watch now. They're bringing they're bringing some new energy and doing some amazing things. Mm-hmm. Denver have done some and I'm not sticking this but you know forward Denver have been incredible in times this season. They've been really really you know they've been hit by injuries and covid and you know they've lost some of their best players to IR and opt outs but they've shown some incredible things. Um the Giants who were so bad for the first half of the season have really got it together. And that defense is incredible to watch. Washington football team, everyone thought they'd be absolutely rubbish. Even Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, everyone thought on Sunday, Dwayne Haskins is an absolute joke. He went out there and he balled. Yeah, he made mistakes, but it was still entertaining to watch. Mm -hmm. There isn't bad games. The Jets last night, the Jets last night who have been a punchline, beat the the playoff-seeking Rams. I mean, like, this is stuff that just every week is a new headline that just... it just always inspires. I I just think it's inc- the level of sport at the moment we've got in in the NFL is is nothing short of incredible, and and that's why it's such a when everything else is going crap, COVID, whatever you're feeling, and you're a fan of this sport, you can turn this on on Sunday, and for six seven hours, you could be captivated by the most incredible, I think, viewing experience right now on the planet. And I've always been a soccer fan and I've always watched soccer and well, football, whatever. I've grown up watching it as a kid right now, given the choice, if I had two games on a Sunday and I'm not saying this because I'm an Arsenal season ticket holder and they're losing every week. But if you gave me Liverpool, Man City, Liverpool, Man United right now, and then you gave me any NFL game, I'm probably leaning to the NFL game with the atmosphere and everything that's going with it. Because I just think the level of sport, in the NFL is at his absolute peak. And in Premier League, I don't think it is. I think I think it's a war of attrition in the Premier League at the moment. Uh, yeah, we, well, we've annihilated one of my points for later on in the podcast, which is cool, but we managed to cover it anyway. So I'm pleased we, we managed to hit that early on. Uh, Rush Nation, this is not an advert, but have you won any championships? Have you been like Murph or a couple are done? Or did you win a college championship that the college boys helped you with? Have we got you to the finals? Are you there? You're in the dance? Are you expected to win? If so, we would absolutely love for you to leave us a little review on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts as it is now, wherever you listen, just to help us reach more people because next year we want to fill the dock up even more. If you could leave us a review wherever you listen, we would hugely, hugely appreciate it because it does matter. It helps us to reach new people and we want to help as many people as we can. Murph's celebrating wildly on video, which we're not on today, Murph. Um, the rankings for the warrior bowl have literally just been posted and i have qualified to the final eight superb work sir so 240 person tournament warrior bowl if you're not familiar these guys are incredible by the way so we are a sponsor of the warrior bowl um and we're giving away some some of the 2021 books to people who have advanced and gone very very far in this competition um but great set of lads, Greg and everyone over there. Uh, they've raised over £10,000 for charity wow. through the Warrior Bowl. Incredible. Listen, uh, amazing effort to do that, first and foremost. So 
Um, and we'll bring Greg on in the off season because he's just an absolute top bloke. Um, and talk about the Warrior Bowl for next year. And I, I mean, we get asked to do a lot of things and partner with a lot of things and some things absolutely, and some things we just can't for practical reasons or it just doesn't quite marry up. But this was one I was like, yeah, we've got to do it. And yeah, to be in the inaugural Warrior Bowl final, final eight, 240 people down to the last eight is, yeah, it's it's been a really good season for me. And uh, yeah, so I just found out I finished number two in the conference behind podcast friend Kevin Tompkins. Oh, he uh, he got the high score of the week. I come second in our conference. I'm Anybody just seeing else if it's, we know? That's what I'm just looking. I don't think so. Oh, well, even so, final eight, mate. Congratulations. Thank you. It's yeah, it's a real, it's a real. I'm sure there's a couple of people in here we might have played with, but I don't, I don't want to say I know too too well except for kevin so yeah quite quite an honor to get through that we'll see where we get in the ukfl It'd be great to make the final of that as well um tournament run by ben rolfe and rich king who also do an incredible job and raise a lot of money for for charity uh, as is the ffcc you know we raised over three thousand pounds for or three thousand dollars sorry for charity this year and um, the final's going on right now um two really good chaps um vegard in norway and uh, Vigard in the final. Vigard made the final. Amazing. Yeah, v- made the final. So um, Vigard's hilarious. I think I said this on the, the State of the Nation uh, podcast and on the week is Vigard um, made the tournament, the champion of champions tournament is the only guy not to have won a, a, a title because we took more spots than there were spots. <laughs> and so... I did a hundred yard dash for the runners up and he won it. So he, he got the spot. So he was the only guy in the champions of champions who, who didn't win. And I kind of made the trip because his nickname is winner is coming. And I always took the Mickey saying, well, you haven't won anything. (laughs) (laughs) And he might, he might just shut me up and and win the FFCC, which would be an incredible achievement, but he's against, um, he's against Jim. Jim's a really good bloke. uh, Excellent best ball player. Um, wasn't too shocked to see him get there despite the format. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be a great final. That that goes over through next week as well. But, yeah, sorry, I, I know I interrupted your flow there, but just I just literally got the message. Someone just messaged me saying you made it, and I was, yeah, over the moon. Oh, absolutely. I, you interrupt away when it's the stature, news of that stature. So, I would like to say also I'm down as a co-owner on that team, but I can take no plaudits whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a silent partner who has no partnerisms in that whatsoever. Milestones, Murph. Let's talk some milestones. Yeah, so three we passed 300 episodes a couple of weeks ago. Ian Hartist was on, and great to have him on. Um, I've listened to Ian for a few years, so that was a real nice one for me. And we, he's going to come back, so we're going to chat. And I know you were you were going to try and come on. It, it didn't quite pan out. Um, but, you know, first of all, foremost, to get to 300 episodes, I don't think you and I ever thought that, that was possible. Nope. Um, and I know we're not on every, every one at the moment. And I know some people only listen to listen to us. And that is an incredibly flattering thing. We don't put guys on the network or to, on podcasts just to do it, um, ultimately. Um, we don't have to do it. We, you know, we're not trying to just hit content quotas or anything like that and think it's just so much easier to have other guys. We're very stingent in terms of not necessarily stingent who we work with. We always like to give everyone a chance, but we also like to reward talent when it, when it comes through. And uh, Pitsy's been with us for a while now. 
Rob really hit the ground running and, and actually changed his work schedule to help us out this season and and do a lot more, which is just a, a testament to the kind of bloke he is. Um, and he he really is a, a breath of fresh air. His columns, the Find the Gap columns, I, are some of the best things I read every week. Um, and I'm not saying that because he writes for us, but just in general, I, I think it's a massively underappreciated article. Um, and I probably don't say him that myself. I'm going to tell him on, on air. Um, but they have a great podcast, the Fast Action Friday guys. And that's a really fun 20-minute podcast, 20, 25, 30 minutes, nice and short they got good chemistry, good banter between them. And they're good friends, those two. Like They've known each other for a long time. It was, at, it was Fitz who got Rob involved. That's why they kind of gel so quickly. Uh, Tom Tom has been incredible this year. Um, and the college guys in general, him and Ash, have, have built something truly world-class. And I look forward to them getting an off-season and draft and getting more and more people excited. And there's a lot of collaboration going on there. And they're going to do a great, great thing. Um, and they've contributed to a number. Of, I mean, we don't count the college podcasts as in the individual episodes to that milestone that we have because they're on their own channel. But we have crossovered all the guests that they've done with Nat Coombs and John Laub, uh, the, the Gridiron Scholar and a few other people. We've obviously hosted those on on here. So those episodes have, have counted to Nick, um, Nick and Mark, who've just started on the DFS journey. You know, Mark really impresses me in terms of his process in terms of what he does from a DraftKings perspective, because he plays so much DraftKings, he kind of just knows the game and the terminology. I went on their pod, the language, I was just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely just don't play it. Like all the terms. And then, you know, I came out with like contrarian. And he's like, yeah, no, that's, that's not what it's called. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's like proper terms for this. Uh, and Nick, Nick's really like stepped up with that. Like I, I know Nick's knowledge has always been sound. I know he's always kind of played DFS, but him and I, I see Mark, I've, I've seen Mark's content elsewhere and he's done bits and pieces. And I've always kind of like watched from afar thinking, if we ever do a DFS, I'm going to go get that guy. And so we did. And Nick blows me away that he's, he's like an, like I, I thought Nick would be a really good host and he'll, you know, he knows his stuff and I'm not discrediting Nick in any way, but to see them like they properly like to combine, that's a high level podcast in terms of, knowledge and the the process to where they get to cash and, and nick is nick's beating mark and i was i wasn't quite expecting that and i, I like I, i'm not i'm not putting nick down but i underestimated him a little bit i don't mind saying that um so yeah 300 podcasts incredible uh the next one is 150,000 lifetime downloads which could happen in 2020 it's close like i'm not going to say it's definitely going to happen but it's it's an absolutely stupid number of podcasts, like downloads. I mean, yeah, I, again, I think more than we ever thought. You know, we're not the Giovanna Fletchers of this world who get seven million podcast downloads per per episode when they get the Duchess of Cambridge on, etc. <laughs> um, for, for a UK podcast, and and I think what's what's really touched me over the the course of the years of doing this is when you go on American podcasts and they see you as an equal and i just didn't think that was ever really possible for a, a uk podcast to be seen as an equal to mm. some of these podcasts that have, have gone on and i think you know we we've built something from the ground up and we're never going to be a ballers and we're never going to be like the biggest podcast and an atn or anything like that you know but i th- i like to think that people have listened to this and and have appreciated not just the facts and the figures and the, the numbers and and the, the help to win titles or 
help to lose titles, whichever way you want to view it. Because <laughs> that, that happens. Yeah, but the, the, everything as a whole, I just, I think people appreciate us. Like actually, uh, you know, we did the feedback survey. Thank you so much to everyone who, who, who fed back. A lot of it was they really appreciated just the chemistry and the fun that the show brings. And, you know, it's been a tough year. We would have loved to have had guests on every week, like we do normally every season. And my schedule doesn't permit that as easily. And guest schedule has been really difficult with COVID and more people looking after kids and us not having a studio. So getting away from children. So yeah, I, <laughs> I have a loud voice in a small house. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so I, you know, I think it's amazing. 150,000 downloads is incredible. Um, we know we're near six and a half thousand followers on Twitter um over 300 podcasts maybe even close to 350 by the end of the super bowl which is just mad the some of the guests we've had on over 50,000 uh views on the website which is not as old as the podcast it's only 16 17 months old mm-hmm. so to see the to see where that is 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 incredible um you know everything is is just and we, we don't share these numbers to show off and say, oh, well, we're just the biggest and the best. We know we're not. We know we're not anywhere near a lot of other podcasts, even in the UK, let alone the US. But we're proud of them because we built them from the ground up. And the, you have all found us through whatever channel you found us. And we're glad that you're here on the journey. Yeah, we share them because we're blown away by them, not because we want to show off. It's just when, yeah. when Sparky and I first started this and we had eight people listening per episode who were the eight people in the league and... And, you know, we we got to, when you came along, we were like 30 a week and we were chugging along. It was like, and then 150,000 downloads is just, it's, it's mind boggling. So, yeah, but, I, I don't think I've got my head around it. And, you know, we could be sitting here a year from now with a quarter of a million downloads. Mm-hmm. And that's not, un, that's not unrealistic. And to sit here and think, God, we produced a podcast potentially within a year from now. And we'll have a quarter of a million downloads. It's like, it's like fill the Emirates up three times and that's as many downloads as we've had. Like well, three, a lot more than that. <laughs> well, 60,000 is, is the oh, Emirates. Yeah, I was thinking 80. We'll go Wembley then. Like, Yeah, Wembley, that's exactly it. And, and, and more importantly, if you think that a record to get to number one is about 80,000. Oh, Christmas 2021. I mean, I can't sing, but. The, the the lad bible guy lad baby got one with sausage rolls so he's so. about to get a three-peat <sighs> that's christmas for you talking of christmas we've got an xmas show christmas show we uh obviously covid has smashed the schedule to a billion pieces so we haven't got the standard four or five guests talking about christmas day and stuff like that but what we have done is we've got members of the five yard family coming on for an xmas extravaganza which will drop on christmas day there may or may not be some form of giveaway. Cannot confirm or deny this at this moment, but it will be a whole load of fantasy fun on Christmas Day. Obviously, yeah. The... So to, I was going to say to set the expectation level on that. Normally, at Christmas Day, we would do a two and a half hour expose with a lot of guests and and have interviews and lots of fun and a big giveaway. And again, part of COVID and schedules and everything has kind of prevented us from from doing that so we still want to do that kind of episode hopefully and i'm not promising this um we're not promising it maybe super bowl sunday if we can get it done that would be that would be the the way that we would look to to fill that kind of episode so it's going to be shorter it's not going to be long 
and it's going to be more geared at fun. There'll be some fantasy in there to help you win some ships. Um, but yeah, it should be just a lot of fun and enjoyment in what will be a, a different Christmas for everyone. Yeah, I think basically nobody knows where it's going to go, but it will be a Christmas Day special. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's not a... recorded yet, so that's what I mean. Normally exactly. we'd have this. Normally this thing would be in the can. We would have recorded the Christmas special. Um, it would pretty much be done and um, ready to go. Uh, but yeah, this year it's a, it's just a bit different, which is good. It's like 2020. It's the epitome of 2020. Exactly. So the Christmas week, my Murph's waiver wire hit on the Monday. Yeah, the show you're listening to now is the Tuesday morning. I'm going to be doing a guest show, which will be probably Tuesday evening, early Wednesday. And then Murph's going to have the matchups pod to you nice and early Wednesday, mid Wednesday afternoon, something like that. So you can get all your stuff locked in, ready for the Christmas weekend. So you haven't got to worry about lineups and stuff during the Christmas festivities. And then what happens after this week, Murph? Well, I certainly don't know. I mean, I, the end of the season happens and then we'll explode well, into fantasy content. I am speaking to a commissioner on the phone who does have a league that he runs that I'm in that involves a week 17. So the week isn't, the season isn't over for everybody. I will be playing in week 17. I'm not, I'm not on board with this. This, this is a, You uh, did it! <laughs> what, what, what league? What league? Red Zone. Yeah, but I'm not, I don't know why that's happened. Why has that happened? It's because only you've got more teams in the bottom half than the top half. Okay, we can fix that next year by just putting a buy in. That's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll fix that. I didn't know that was a thing. I apologize. Yeah, well, this is why I made a big deal last year. I was like, yes, I won. I don't have to play in week 17. Um, I I lost. I can't remember if I lost last week or this. I've lost the game that means I have to play in week 17. Apologies. Well, I'll sort that out next year. I'll sort that out for next year. I'm, I'm You're not the only league. I have another league. So there will be some week 17 content. Um, I will do a way where article. I will do a stream article. It'll probably The stream will probably come out on the Wednesday instead of the Tuesday. I'm not sure on the start sits. Might do it, might not. It kind of depends on what happens with week 17, how many teams are in play, and is mm-hmm. it going to really mess with... Am I going to have to write about like um sam gp ryan <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah i mean like if i have to write about players i just don't i just don't know um we'll see because uh, of the appetite 99.6 percent of leagues out there don't play in week 17 so it, it's obviously not a big content driver but i want to help out people who can uh potentially win a ship in 20 in, in week 17 or avoid defeat um and the toilet bowl I'm here to help both cases yeah um so there will be some content out week 17 i don't know about the podcast i'm probably not going to do the wave wire podcast in week 17 i just think it's going to be very difficult to get out in time for waivers to clear mm-hmm. um it's the long and short of it so don't expect a waivers podcast next week uh there will be a matchups pod i will do that um, one way or the other, I can't promise it will be anywhere near as good as the other <laughs> 16, but I will give it a spin because I think it needs to be done. But yeah, the rest of it will be uh, pretty much as as normal, at least from my side. Maybe some of the other guys might not have much to write about in week 17. We'll, we'll kind of talk it through with everyone. We're not going to ask people to kind of work between Christmas with you know with what's going on and everything so but there will be content there will be podcast stuff will still happen it's just there'll be, um, there'll be a few more test cards than normal <laughs> yeah a few more test cards maybe a few less pods than normal and and just expect that but then after that there there won't be any any more 
um, kind of fantasy talk. I'm looking into seeing if we can do a postseason league like last year and the year before. Just as a, we might do one or two of those, maybe if if it's possible. I'm again not promising. If you're interested, drop me a DM or drop the pod a DM, and um, if I can do it, then we'll do it. If I can't, then you know, it kind of depends on what platforms allow us to do it and etc. But we'll try and do some form of playoff uh, playoff fantasy football. We have done the last couple of years, and it's been successful. But yeah, other than that, yeah, we won't be talking a lot about fantasy. We'll be talking more about the NFL. We'll be steering towards state of the franchises and uh, talking a little bit more about. Um, we're not going to step on the college guys too much, but we will mention prospects and some needs of what people need. Uh, but really, I think a lot of it is come January, February will be a lot of it will be dissecting the the 2020 season. Uh, with some guests and with some uh, to to get us ready for 2021 and we're going to just get to the point probably by free agency where we we put 2020 in a drawer and we understand what's happened and and everything that goes on from there so watch this space but if there is to say hey i really want a podcast on this and we'll see if we can do it yes sir there will be content just a few more test cards but hey They'll all, like we say, this train never stops. Uh, we nah. will stop at the stations and we've got your back, Rush Nation. Murph, I'm going to blast through the news so we can get to some NFL yeah. stuff. Uh, the Lions have fired special teams coach Braden Coombs. Scandalous decision, by the way, because the special teams have been the absolute best part of the, the Lions all season. <sighs> yeah, I haven't seen anything on that, so I'll take your word for it. But Well, they've, they've, they, they're like up there in terms of block punts and everything. Apparently, the reason he's been let go is he's not been consulting with um, Daryl Bevel with regards to conducting a fake punt on the weekend. That's the Crikey. the insider's view. That seems pretty harsh. The Carolina Panthers have fired general manager Marty Herney. They've not made the playoffs in a few years. Um, you know, and they have the coach there now. And maybe they just feel that the coach and, I mean, they've invested so much in Matt Rule and he's produced pretty well on the field considering what he has. It, it, this is a situation of picking the coach over the GM and maybe they feel a different GM will, will help Matt Rule get to where he needs to get to. Absolutely. Early expectations is that Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a hip ankle injury and could be back for the playoffs, but it's definitely going to miss the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so as I sort of mentioned in the waiver wire podcast, it kind of broke as I was doing that. Um, Lev Bell's worth an ad if he's free in your leagues. New York Jets' 23-20 win versus the LA Rams, their first in 51 weeks, comes with ambivalence for many long-suffering fans of the Jets. But we know a few. Uh, none of them are happy. Um, and rightfully so. I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand. You get so close. You know, if you, if you win in week 7, week 8, week 10, fair enough. Week 15, when you're so close to getting your generational quarterback, uh, it's a, it's another it's another mistake and i withdraw my nomination for adam gaze to be coach of the year <laughs> eagles quarterback jalen hurts wows with a four td performance in the loss uh doug pedersen has though named him as the starter in week 16 he is the starter so i, I don't think that's a big shock to anybody i don't know why it, it's just not said that he's starting the rest of the season yeah it would certainly uh, straighten out a few kinks in the Eagles quarterback room. And then the, we mentioned it earlier, but the Patriots have been eliminated from the postseason for the first time. Well, contention for the postseason for the first time since 2008. Yeah. So 11, 12 years is quite a 
they've made 11 straight before this so quite a quite a record to to achieve that and i don't think it's a reflection of the coaching i i purely think it's a reflection of talent yeah but we covered it earlier right let's do some nfl player situation quickly who needs what and who has clinched yeah so uh, quick one on this is Kansas City 13 and 1. We'll start with the AFC. Kansas City 13 and 1. They've clinched the AFC West. They are, if the Steelers lose tonight, which they won't, um, Kansas City will need just one more win. But effectively, Kansas City win out. They will win the Pittsburgh, are, have clinched the playoffs, but they have not, uh, playoff berth, they have not clinched the division. Um, and we'll need to win out in order to to win the division. Uh, the Bills, eleven and three. Congratulations to them winning the AFC East for the first time uh, in in quite some time. So, um, really pleased for for them and for Josh Allen in particular, who's a podcast favorite. So, are, you know, AFC East champions, and and they're in the three seed. Uh, Tennessee Titans currently hold the four seed over a tiebreaker with the Indianapolis Colts, who are also ten and four and in the sixth spot. Um, so they will fight out for the division title. If the Titans win out, they will win the division and clinch the four seed. And then on the outside looking in, you've got, well, not the outside looking in, fifth spot's the Browns, 10 and four. Uh, it's Colts, sixth place, 10 and four. Miami hold the seven spot at nine and five. And then you've got the Baltimore Ravens who are nine and five. So really it's going to be very close between Cleveland, Indianapolis, Miami, and Baltimore. And then still technically in contention is the Las Vegas Raiders behind with two games to go. Probably looks unlikely they will make the playoffs. Um, As for clinching scenarios this week, week 16, Pittsburgh can clinch the North, I believe, if they win tonight and they win. Yes, if they win tonight and they win on Sunday, they, they will, or in week 16, they will clinch the AFC North. Uh, and be in pole position for the two seed. Cleveland clinch a playoff spot with a win, as do the Tennessee Titans, as do the Colts. So if those three teams win, they clinch uh, playoff spots. And it'll be down to Miami and Baltimore for the, the last spot. In the NFC, Green Bay have clinched the NFC North, and they're the, currently the number one seed. Um, New Orleans are 10 and 4. Green Bay, I believe, because they had the tiebreaker anyways over New Orleans, is if they win on Sunday, I believe they clinched the number one seed. Don't quote me on that, but they have been they were number one with a tied record and now they're number one with a game ahead. And if they win, there'll be a game ahead. So I think they clinched the one seed with a win. New Orleans will clinch the AF the NFC South with a win. Um, but they've had that clinching scenario for a couple of weeks and haven't quite, well, with different scenarios and haven't quite managed it, but they can clinch the NFC South of a win. Seattle, I believe, play the Rams this week. So I think if Seattle win that, they should win the division as well. And then you've got the Washington football team are currently 6-8 and eight and they hold the four seed. The Rams fall to the fifth seed at 9-5, and five, the Buccaneers. So the Rams and the Buccaneers will clinch playoff spots with a win this week um, at 9-5. and five. Uh, So they'll move to 10-5 and clinch, the, clinch the, the playoff spots. Arizona currently hold the seventh seed and they hold the destiny in their own hands. If they win out, they will win the seventh seed and a spot in the playoffs. The Bears currently are in the eighth spot. And they're seven and seven and require Arizona to slip up. The other teams still in contention are the other teams in the NFC uh, East, which is the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles. 
if the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, they will be eliminated from playoff contention this week. That was a comprehensive rundown. Especially as I, I don't have notes on it. I literally had a screen and was just working it out. <laughs> well, that's even better then. Right, mate, let's move on to some fancy questions for final week. You've put five down. Most first question, and this, you know, things we need to know, but perhaps we don't know the answer, but we're going to have a guess on it. Most first question is, what will the Dallas backfield look like in week 16? That's a really good question. I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, <laughs> that's I mean, I don't, that's why I asked the question, right? I, I said this on, on Monday's pod. I, if, I was, if I was Dallas right now, Zeke has not been good, right? Zeke's not been good. I would just play Pollard. And if you have Zeke in a support role, great. But I don't know why you wouldn't have Pollard as a starter on Sunday. Ultimately, we don't know. But yeah, if I was Dallas right now, I'd be playing Pollard. But ultimately, we, that's a situation we've got to watch. How fit is Zeke? I think unless Zeke is 100% fit, I wouldn't play him. Yeah. I, what has happened with Ezekiel Elliott? Do you think he's just petering off as a football player? Or do you think there is something more to it? I think it's a lot of things. I think his contract situation took a, a while to be resolved. And I think there's some resentment there. I think he has to feel like he is the special one. And Amari Cooper went and got a deal that's generational, that's much bigger than, than, than Zeke's going to get. And I don't think Zeke feels like he's the guy. And I think that plays a part of it. I think running backs deteriorate and I wouldn't pay a running back. And that's no disrespect to them. They're the most underappreciated position in football. And I think that he's someone who's getting trailers. He'd never missed a game due to injury before this week. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, but he is a player who is who can who oh, I just don't think he is mentally as invested. And I think as the team was not performing well, maybe he's got falling out with the coach. That's possible. There's grumblings of coaching room dissent. I mean, there's a lot of theories going on. Ultimately, what is transpiring is he does not look the Zeke Elliott of, of old. Do I think the talents disappeared? Probably not. Do I think that he's going to show his best form this season? Probably not. I think it's going to be down to what happens in 2021. So I, I, if it was me, I would start Pollard. I think he looked good. I would, I've said that you've got to go out and get him on the waiver wire if he's out there. He's available almost. So I think you have to own Tony Pollard this week. Um, whether you play him or not is a different question. But if you had him on your bench and you put him in the lineup, you probably won this week. Yeah. And you might not have deserved it, but that's the game. Well, if if you decided to play, if you decided to play Tony Pollard, and then you made the right decision, and perhaps you did deserve it because you 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 made the right call. You didn't play him, yeah, exactly. Because, but because I mean, you, I, I, you'd feel hard done by if you were playing an opponent that had Tony Pollard on the bench, and then all of a sudden he gets a call up to play last minute, and then he spanks you. You'd feel hard done by because you 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 would have put your your roster together. You'd have done the best job you can do, and literally a last minute start sit decision by benching Zeke or Zeke being out injured could cost you a reek. And I can see where people would be frustrated with that. I mean, I get it, it's just a game. I'm just seeing it from other people's sides. Well, that's fair. So does Jalen Hurts make the rest of the Eagles fantasy? You've put irrelevant. Do you mean irrelevant or relevant? Yeah, I mean irrelevant. Okay. I I think uh, and. This is a question that's going around my head, but I can't see a reason to own any other. I, he takes away from the run game, so he makes Miles Sanders irrelevant. Boston Scott, pretty irrelevant. He threw he threw touchdowns yesterday. He threw two to Greg Ward. So Greg Ward threw, he had two catches for 12 yards and two touchdowns. So it's not like he's made Greg Ward a great receiver. He threw in a combined measure to Goddard and Zaka to the point where neither of them were relevant. I just don't see... 
the, the way that he is and the way that he plays is, is exciting and, and very fun to watch and gives them a massive opportunity to win. But I don't think he does anyone in that team any favours to be fantasy relevant. But that's, I mean, like, I don't know. I'd have to really look at the breakdowns and, and the numbers from Sunday, but I can't see... I can't see a situation where I'd want to own anybody. I, I mean, I could. I, you might take a punt on Ertz, given how bad the tight end position is. Even that's a, a God, dicey uh, call. Yeah, and given how bad the position is, like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to touch the wide receivers. If I had Miles Sanders, I'd probably be on the verge of dropping him. To be perfectly honest with you, most twenty twenty statement ever, right there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have a lot of Miles Sanders because I just didn't believe that he was he was going to get this breakout that everyone kind of thought he would. And I even went on television and said, and, yeah. um, "It looks like he's going to fall outside the top twenty five running backs." And if he squeaks in, he's only got in on injury. He's not got in on anything else. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think I would be playing any Eagles this week except for Jalen Hurts. But I, I will go through and, and do some numbers on that for the matchups pod. But yeah, that's a question I'm asking. Number three, what do you do with DeAndre Swift in week 16? See, this is such a tough one because he's been so good, but he plays the Buccaneers. Yeah, and they stop running backs. <laughs> and, but not only that, the running back position is so beaten up. At what point do you just have to throw caution to the wind and play him? And, and I'm really stuck because my head says, you've got to sit him. But then I sit there and think... Who am I sitting in for? Todd Gurley? No. Miles Sanders? No. Jeff Wilson? Maybe. I think what you have to do is temper expectations next week for DeAndre Swift. Which are final, isn't it? But I mean, if you're, if you're sitting there in a situation where you think you need to get X amount of points per position to win, how do you draw that with DeAndre Swift? And you're like, like hey, I've got a few of these. I've got a few DeAndre Swift chairs. I don't know. In my head, I would say, oh, well, you'd sit him. But then I think, who would I play him? CH is gone. I don't think I'm going to play Hill. Um, not Hill, Bell. Maybe. If I've got Bell, do I think about that? I, I, it's a tough spot. Mm. I think it's a really tough spot. A, a wide receiver, this would be... So if you talk about the depth of what's available at wide receiver and you had that running back, you'd say, yeah, you'd sit him. It, it, wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be a thing. But yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. There's going to be so many decisions that just teeter on a knife edge for week 16. You want to go into week 16 like 100% knowing your game plan. You want to dial in your lineup and be fine with it. And there'll be lineups where I, I won't be happy with it come 6 p.m. Sunday. Well, I think, I think this is crazy, isn't it? You, you sit there and you think by week 16, I, I'm like, I, know, I know where I'm at. I, I, I know my team, I know my players. And actually, I think there's a lot more questions than there are answers. Another player in here that we get to in a minute that I've got just the same question over. Yeah, well, we'll get there right now. James Robinson, can we start him in week 16? <sighs> I'm more inclined to start him over Swift. But again, it depends. Like He's been so good, but the last couple of weeks, he's not been that good. Mm. But he saves himself by getting touchdowns. He gets that touchdown and you just think, oh, he's just... I mean, like, I'm looking at it, and again, I'm looking at the landscape, and I'm looking, I've got all the games in front of me here, and I'm thinking, when Gorman events the Ravens? Probably not. Todd Gurley against the Falcon, against the Chiefs? No, thank you. And I'm looking at Kenyon Drake against the 49ers. Oh, that's a bit tricky. Split back versus the Cardinals. Oh, tricky. Um, Dalvin Cook against the Saints. I mean, you're starting him, but cool, that's not a great matchup. Don't Swift against the Buccaneers. We've talked about that. <laughs> I mean, it's not a great matchup no, on I paper. Know. I, I mean, it, it might be fine. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at some of these matchups, and I'm like, oh, they're tough. Austin Eckler against the Broncos. James Conner against the Colts. Taylor against the Steelers. 
I mean, there's a there's a lot of really. T- I mean, I tell you what, the the one running back I want in fantasy football next week is is Derek Henry. <laughs> I think everyone else, we kind of like, oh, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I think if you if you can start Derek Henry or David Montgomery next week, I think you're doing all right. Oh yeah, David Montgomery's got an absolute plum matchup once again. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about it five weeks ago, and I said you got to play David Montgomery. He's going to be a league winner, and I think I got a lot of stick for that. But I think it's uh, it's a take that's proven to be quite good. So yeah. Um, I'd probably lean more towards starting him than Swift, but wow, it's it's a tough spot. It sure is. It's not making week 16 in my head any easier whatsoever. No. <laughs> and then number five of your questions, big man, is there a pass catcher that you want to play in the Dolphins versus Raiders game? My head is instantly saying no. Yeah, in my head says no, but it depends on, it depends on if Devontae Parker comes back. But even then, Tua hasn't really Secondary. targeted Devontae. No, but... <laughs> I think they're so banged up in in the secondary Raiders. I mean, listen, Williams is out. Gazicki might not play. Uh, Grant might be out. Parker might be out. So then I'm looking at the Dolphins thinking, I just don't want any Dolphins wide receiver. Maybe maybe Lynn Bowden and I can play him at a running back spot because the running back situation is so bad. And even That's then, a, that is a then real clutch. I mean, I've done draws. that. <laughs> I did that last week with someone because it literally the start-sit decision was Lynn Bowden versus Todd Gurley. <laughs> How did that work out for you? Well, I picked Lim Bowden and it, and it worked. <laughs> it worked in the sense of he got a lot more points than Todd Gurley did. Yeah, very true. I mean, I think I think he got nine points, which wasn't terrible. I mean, it was a terrible situation to be in, but it, <laughs> I just didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just the way it was. Yeah, so yeah, I don't I don't think there's. And then on the Raiders side, Nelson Aguilar. If, if I had to start one, it would He's be Nelson probably, Aguilar. He would probably be at Ruggs, COVID list, probably not going to play. Might come back, but you never know. Renfro, not done anything for weeks. I mean, actually, the pass catcher you want is Darren Waller, Waller. But you're starting him anyway. <laughs> I mean, Nelson Aguilar would be, would be him at a push. But even then, I'm, I don't against that Dolphins D, I'm not overly excited to start him. No, no. It's uh, week sixteen is looking even more sketchy from my side of the ball than it was before we started recording. So I need, I need to, uh, I need to sit down in a dark corner and rock backwards and forwards. To, there's, a, uh... there's a lot, there's a lot of spots here. There, there really, really is. Running back, I don't see a path at running back to a lot of players being massive. Which, when I'm looking at this now, I'm sitting there thinking like, right, instantly, depending on unless I've got a load of really good running backs all my flex spots are going to be wide receivers. Mm. Unless yeah. I'm so severely banged up at wide receiver. But we talked about that a few weeks ago. That 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 may well be the playing wide receiver in your flex. But I'm looking at it this week and I'm not seeing I'm not seeing too many standout games that I'm thinking, yeah, I really want. Chubb against the Jets, Hunt maybe against the Jets, Henry we've talked, uh, David Montgomery. You'd play Dalvin Cook. Uh, that's a long pause for the next name which is concerning <laughs> yeah I mean maybe Melvin Gordon becomes an RB1 this week so I'd play Ahmed against the Raiders all day long mm-hmm. uh, yeah I'm, after that I'm kind of like really looking at oh, whoever whoever's the Cowboys running back against the Eagles I'm probably doing that one it's a, it's a tough tough sitch for week 16 yeah I'm, I'm looking at this thinking like there's just a lot I don't want the Bills against the Patriots I don't want the Patriots against the Bills uh, I mean, maybe Cam Akers, if he's fit, mm. against the Seahawks, even though that's not a great matchup. Uh, I don't want Bell against the Falcons. Maybe whoever the Texans 
running back is if it's David Johnson, he's fit. One of the Johnsons. <laughs> wow, well, Duke, Duke's more injured than David, so maybe. Yeah, I think it's a difficult situation. Um, and I, I mean, like, J.K. Dobbins maybe over the Giants if he's going to get the volume. But even then, that's not locked in because Gus the Boss keeps nicking, nicking bits of it. It's an interesting, uh, interesting lineup we're going to have this week. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a real head scratcher, and you're going to have to do a lot of work, Rush Nation, to to win those ships. But it wouldn't be a championship without it. Yeah, hard work. You can't have glory without the hard work, right? No, you can't. That's that's going to. I'd say that's the last flagship. But every show Murph and I hit with is a flagship. But it's going to be the last regular season NFL flagship. Uh, except possibly week 17, but Christmas and, and too many mince pies might derail with that one because who knows what's going to happen in there. But I will be back this week. Murph will be back this week. The Fast Action Fridays. Don't forget the College Boys on Wednesday. There's a whole lot of five yards still to happen Christmas week. Rush Nation, Murph, you enjoy your Christmas, mate. We will chat on Wednesday, but make sure you have a great festive time doing the best you can in this COVID Christmas. Thanks, mate. Well, it, it has Thank to be you. said. And, uh, but I will chat to you here, there, and every time before here and on Christmas Day. Rush Nation, stay safe. Keep washing those hands. Have a great Christmas if you don't hear from us. I'll speak to you real soon. And as always, into the final week of fantasy football. Don't forget, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.